The Trader Cobb Crypto Show, talking business in blockchain. Good everybody and welcome to the Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast. Today's guests really need no introduction, but I'm going to give them one anyway. It's yeah, Travis no, don't, and Joel. Don't introduce us. We don't want one. No, I'm doing it from uh, the Bad Crypto Show. So welcome to the show, guys. <laughs> you wanted to do more there, but I kind of really stepped all no, over I that, didn't. didn't I? I'm not very good with introductions. Dude, he was going to say how great we were, Joel. You totally stepped uh, all sorry, over his go, toes. Go like, ahead. You, the, yeah. you normally like it when people say great things about you. Do that. No, the, these guys aren't very good, <laughs> uh, but we're going to have a chat anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. How are you? We're good. Thank you. Good, because you guys have been busy. I mean, you've been um, you've been in Vegas, right? Yeah, that means you're busy if you've been in Vegas. Well, that means you're in trouble when you get home. Getting busy in Vegas, uh. No, no, because what happens there stays there. Of course, you know, what happened there, actually, the whole world knows what happened there because we broadcast it and we posted pictures and we told everybody. So there's no secrets. We're not very good at that, keeping things in Vegas, are we? (laughs) And we took it with us. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we just got back from World Crypticon uh, there in in Vegas. And and I'm going to say hands down or hands up, anywhere you want to put your hands, that it was the most top drawer... Oh, keep your hands to yourself, Mr. Joel Com. ...conference oh. in the crypto world that we have had the pleasure of participating in. It was really fantastic. And Travis lost his voice. Shut the front door. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That would be it awesome. Travis, Travis got to shut up. That was amazing. <laughs> well, I tell you, I, I tell you, Mr. Trader Cobb, is that when you are at these, you know, in Vegas and then the after parties, and well, then you have the party before the party before the party, and then the party after the party, and then you're in these loud, ridiculous environments with cigarettes and smoking, and then, you know, cannabis is legal there. And so there's all kinds of smoke flying around. Next thing you know, after a few of those events, I, I find that normally after like day three, my voice starts getting getting a little a little cracky a little bad and then on day four like i woke up on day four and i was like i don't know joel's like come on we got to do an interview and i was like i don't know i don't know i was be able to do it man and he's all like get down here and then so we do the interview and he's like man your voice sucks and i'm like i told you and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well look i can tell you i i understand your pain i went to vegas for a trade expo years ago actually as a trader traders expo Traders Trade Expo. There you go. Got it out. Um, and I had to present on uh, one of the days. We were there for seven days. And for the first three, it was a conference. We went, oh, look, we'll, we'll just keep it cool. We, we won't party. Wrong. Got there straight away. Party. Three days straight. And I was like, I want to get on the plane. I just want to go home. I'm tired. I'm so tired. After day seven, I've never had a flight that I was looking so forward to sitting on that plane. Mm-hmm. For, it was only six hours back to London. But, you know, I was. I actually was like... God damn it, I want it to be a nine or 10 hour flight because I want to sleep. But it was a real quick flight. It really takes the energy from you, that place. Vegas, even whether you're doing a lot or not, Vegas is doing a lot. And it draws, like the energy of that place is just, it's infectious and it just drags it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it always seems to drain me. I always seem to be like, oh man, I I don't know what it is. If it's the lights, if it's the energy, if it's the gambling, if what it is, if there's just some negative energy there. But I always feel so drained. And when I got back, like that next night when I slept in my own bed, I literally slept for 14 hours and I never do that. Wow. So all the cigarette smoke. Well, let's face it. I mean, Vegas is about the glamour and the glitz on the surface. But, you know, I I wake up in the morning and I have this, you know, I don't know if it's uh, just a negative attitude, but I think to myself, I wonder how many lives were destroyed here last year. 
night. You know how how much regret? We're so optimistic. That's how great. How much regret is there this morning? But I'll tell you what. This conference was both exhausting and invigorating. You know, obviously, go 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 and do 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 is is uh, you know exhausting. But being around the movers and the shakers of the crypto space and so many people that are just enthusiastic about blockchain. It, it really, it, you know, it bring, it sent me back home with this, this energy. I'm like, man, I love what we're doing right now. I love where we are in the space and, you know, Lambo and moon are coming and, and not that I actually want a Lambo, although we did get to sit in one, but you do uh, want a moon. We were there, but I do want moon. Yeah. Yeah, oh, look, I, we got back from uh, Dubai, uh, not the weekend, gone the weekend before, and um, I was like you guys, very fortunate to interview a bunch of great people and have a chat with, the, with some of the big big dogs over there. And um, I, I can say the same the the, the event was again <laughs> the event was the best event I'd been to as well. Um, it was really a lot less of, and there was still the parties and that sort of stuff. Um, but it was more about businesses coming in and sort of going, how can we use blockchain within our business? What is this blockchain thing? And I mean, I'm talking big money, right? You know, I mean, it's Dubai, right? They don't, they don't nickel and dime. You rock up in a in a Ferrari, you're poor. You know what I mean? Like if you haven't got a, you know, the the two door coupe, Rolls Royce, uh, Phantom, then you know you're at the door. Uh, so it was just insane, and, and the level of conversation, and also the the, the people in the audience. It, it wasn't. You know, like the New York Consensus event, for example, a lot of young people, really young crowd, which is cool. It's fine. It's fun. It's party, and it's the future. But this was much, a much more like I, I did a talk, and in, in front of me, it was like speaking. The, the audience was sort of between, oh, I'd say, probably average age forty-five, which you just don't get. You just don't get at these types of events. So again, it was a great event with great people saying great things, looking at this space for what it is. And every time I go to an event like this, I just come out of it going. Yeah, we're all right. Whatever the price does, it does short term. Long term, yeah, we're good. We're good. And you guys got the same, huh? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, that's one of the things, man, that we notice from from being, you know, having bad crypto. And, you know, we have this uh, sh- one. We do four episodes a week on bad crypto. And, you know, we do a couple shows that are an interview. Normally, we do one show that's the bad news episode. And then one show is the, uh, you know, the crypto spotlight episode where we're, we're, we're showcasing, you know, different blockchain projects from around the world that are impacting the world. And I think now at this time we've interviewed maybe over 170 or so of them. And very rarely do we encounter one that's similar or the exactly the same to another one. So there's so many different use cases to blockchain that it's, 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 it's never ending fascination to me as a marketing technologist and, you know, uh, and Joel's, Joel's, you know, top marketer and futurist. And we, we look at this stuff and we go, wow, the, the way that people are using blockchain to reinvent and disrupt industries, it's, we're in an unprecedented time. I've never seen such disruption since, you know, since, you know, the, uh, the, the dot com era, the dot com boom. And so we're in such a unique place in time. And to have a front row seat, uh, as we all do here in this industry, it doesn't matter if you have a show or if you are a thought leader in the space or not, we all have a front row seat to this thing. And it's unbelievable. 
There's a lot going on. So tell me, with, with Vegas, I mean, we talk about all the unbelievable things going on and, uh, you know, as you said, 180 or 170 projects, none of them the same. Was there anything project-wise in Vegas? And look, I understand if you were flat out off your feet with your media responsibilities and whatnot, but was there anything there that really struck you as, as being, you know, wow? Now, it doesn't need to just necessarily be a project. Was there anything that sort of caught you that made you go, Holy geez, that that's huge, or, or or that's a different way of thinking, or anything that sort of come that you brought back from Vegas that sort of really made you ponder on that flight home. Travis brought something back from Vegas, but he needs to see a doctor <laughs> to. Uh, he needs to get rid of it. You know, it's really interesting because we were so involved in the proceedings of the show. We didn't. I don't know about you, but uh, Travis, but we didn't. We didn't have time to like even hit the show floor to see the expo, but I'll tell you something that happened uh, while we were doing our show live that was, you know, to me, just one of those moments that really punctuated the event. We uh, ended up being episode 201. Is that correct, Travis? Is that we uh, Bad Crypto Live? I think it's episode 201, 201. 202. I'm not sure. One of those. Yeah. Somewhere in the 20s, something we had uh, on stage. We had Charlie Lee, uh, Maxine Ryan, Vinny Lingham and Ronnie Moas and Vinny and Ronnie got into a friendly heated debate about uh. where the price of Bitcoin was going to be. Ronnie is saying that it's going to hit 28,000 on a reputable exchange before December 31st, 2019. And Vinny says, no way. And Vinny threw down. He says, let's bet on it. He said, and Ronnie said, great, $20,000 to, uh, to freeross.org to charity. Whoever loses that bet will, will give that up. And that happened live on the show. And it was so great. Good. Yeah. And what, what, what was the price of, I mean, was it just literally a, it, it won't or it will? I mean, Vinny's got the right side of that bet. That's easy. Uh, yeah, Vinny says it won't. Ronnie says it will. And, uh, so when he know, says it won't, does that mean it could go above or just 28000 Oh, it could go above, above. 28 or up. Yeah, any time in the next 13 months that it hits 28000 or more, then uh, Vinny will actually have to pay $20,000 to free Ross, um, the charity. If it does not, then Ronnie will pay $20,000 to the freeross.org slash uh, petition or donate deal. And so, you know, that's, that's um, you know, the founder of, of Silk Road, Ross Ulbricht, and his mother was there. We actually had her on the show, episode 199. Great interview, great woman. And, you know, it's a great cause. And I think, you know, it's one of those deals. Ross, he got, he got the hammer thrown at him and he got railroaded. And it's like one of those things. People didn't understand the crypto world. People didn't understand decentralization. So he got a lot of blame. And uh, so that's one thing that's cool about that bet is that either way, 20 G's is going to, uh, you know, help the Ross Ulbricht uh, scenario. Yeah, it's uh, it's a, he spent some time in Bondi too, I believe, uh, uh, on his travels. Interestingly enough, I think he started Silk Road here or something like that, or some sort of connection with the uh, with the wonderful town of Bondi. So, what were the with the arguments? I mean, Vinny's Vinny's saying. I mean, I, I spoke to uh, Ronnie on the show oh, a few weeks back, um, and I mean, he gave his perspective as to why he thought it was going higher, uh, which is nice to hear. Uh, but what was the other side of the argument? Like, what was what were some of Vinny's key points as to why it wouldn't? Oh, Vin, Vinny was, uh, you know, saying that we're in the fall, that the winter has not even begun. His, you know, his point was that we are uh, not, you know, we're not even beginning to see enough real case, you know, use studies 
of cryptocurrency, that things are moving slowly as far as development and adoption go, and that he didn't see it taking off anytime soon, but that it would eventually take off. Yeah, he had a really great point around this is that think about this. Think about all the different crypto companies now that are out there. And think of all the employees that are in the crypto space. And I think he said some number of 20,000, 50,000, something, maybe, I don't even know, 100,000. I don't think he said 100,000, but so many different people that are in crypto that are getting paid in crypto. And so every single month, they're selling their crypto to get fiat to be able to pay their bills, right? And so that's kind of what we're in. There's so much money of that of us who are in the industry that are taking that crypto and then selling it to pay the bills and doing all that. And so that's why we're sort of seeing, in some cases, crypto not really growing uh, as we did last year. But then again, you know, Ronnie Moas has that point where, you know, if you look at all of the dollars that are in gold, seven point whatever trillion dollars, and here we are uh, with the crypto, all of crypto right now is at $210 billion, billion. very small number. And, you know, one of the things that Joel and I, we like to talk about, which was a, was a great, uh, you know, it was a great tweet that happened from Phil, Philip Nunn uh, a couple months ago. And then we, we went in and did the back research on this. But what was so interesting is in 2014, the daily trading volume was about $15 million a day in 2014. 2015, it went 3x up to about $42, 45000000 million a day. 2015, 2016, it went up. Uh, tremendously. And it went up from 45 million up to about 200 million. So it did about a 5x in 2016. And then 2017, it did a 10x from $200 million a day in trading all of crypto assets up to about $2 billion a day. And then in 2018, we're looking at, at highs. We've seen $50 billion or more trading, but on average, it's about 15 to $18 billion a day being traded in crypto. So is that the sign of a market that's in decline? So to me, that's a hockey stick. Yeah, absolutely. And the other, the other side to think about as well is, I mean, we look at backed coming out. That's coming. It's going to happen. Look at Fidelity. We're going to have futures that are going to settle in Bitcoin. Now, I'm not an idiot. I know most of that's going to happen over the counter, but it's positive again. You know, it, it's, it really is a positive. And this market can be manipulated. It does happen. It's not a good thing. All markets will you know, all markets happen. This happens to all markets. I mean, there's you know manipulation of the gold markets. It's just that most people don't talk about it and it doesn't get put in front of the courts. There is manipulation out there with this market being so small. That is the huge that is one of the hugest manipulations that that was one of the things that really sort of woke me up to crypto full on is, you know, when that whole thing happened in 2008 with the with the uh, the financial crisis and looking at the price of, of gold and silver, they were rising pretty substantially. Silver got up to about $48, almost $50. And then it's now it's down at like $12, $11 or something crazy, crazy low. But how is that possible when the fact that the stock market's taken off? Well, then you realize that there's for every one ounce of silver that's been mined, there's like 525 ounces of paper silver that actually don't exist that they just trade on. And so that's a problem that I think that if we start getting into paper Bitcoin and there's going to be way more paper Bitcoin than there is, you know, actual Bitcoin and with these with futures and ETFs and some of this other stuff, if they can start trading paper Bitcoin that doesn't exist like they're doing with gold and silver, they're going to be able to manipulate the price. And I think that will be very bad for the market overall long term health. By the way, sil silver is at fourteen fifty, Mr. Travis, right? Okay. I don't know where you got this eleven twelve dollar thing. I don't think it's been there in, in decades. It has, but 
Cool story. Don't, don't hate on silver so much. I love Come silver. On. I love silver. I think the price of it's what sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the, 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 but what I mean is, like, you know, if if these institutions and bigger players are now buying, as we hear, and, I, you know, you guys probably got some people that you know in the OTC world, they, the people are buying. They do get out pretty quick too in many instances. We're such a small market. It doesn't take much to uh, to really get the market moving again. So it's in their best interest, really, to have held like push it down, buy, push it back up, sell, and just cycle through that. Now, I'm not suggesting that that's happening because I don't have the proof of that. But what I am suggesting is market manipulation does occur, and this market is so small yet big enough to still get a good sized position. Because what what's Bitcoin at these days? Um, as far I know, it's fifty about fifty three percent. Uh, market cap across all tokens and what 115 billion 111 billion there you go so you can still get a good sized position there because it's such a small market it can be moved and those moves mean good gains so you know, I, I hear you on the paper side of things. That's why I like the idea of, um, you know, being settled in Bitcoin. The thing is, is that most won't settle, just like an options contract, just like a futures contract. They won't settle. They'll just roll on to the next contract or they'll just get out and move on. But in some cases, they will. So, it, it, look, it's it's a positive in my view, not the manipulation side of things. It's a positive in my view that the big dogs are coming in uh, because there is a limited amount of Bitcoin. And, uh, you know, even just the chatter of this positivity is, is it's nice to have. And the one thing I I'm liking at the moment is that the market's not really reacting to it in any real way. Whereas last year, if you recall, you know, someone goes and they hiccup and they go, did you just say Bitcoin to 20,000? I'm buying it and the market takes off. Do you know what I mean? So this year we've seen a lot of positives coming out, but the market hasn't gone bananas. To me, it's a sign of maturity. And the other thing that I want to touch on is at the moment, the top 10 is where the action is, the top 10 and just outside of it. So on CoinMarketCap, if you want to use that, uh, or just look at the whole top 100, you'll note that the biggest moves are occurring in the higher uh, echelons of that uh, that top 10, or sorry, of that market cap. Now, that to me is, is suggesting a couple of things as potential outcomes. One is that people are selling their crappy alts and moving back into the big dogs. Or two, there's a more of a sophisticated investor coming into the space, doing their research and buying those better, higher-ranked tokens. Either way, it does show maturity. Have you guys noticed anything along those lines or been speaking to people about anything along those lines? Well, I mean, the alt, some of the altcoins took the biggest hit, right? Some of them were down 90% off of you know their high even some of the ones outside of the top 10 like i'm looking at uh was it bitcoin private i think was 25 dollars yeah a lot of people got smoked got smoked on a lot of things and you know the question is is out of all these projects that are now in you know in the mud and languishing how many of them have thrown in the towel and how many of them are just quietly moving ahead with their project. You know, I'm still a big hodler. I think that these projects, whether, you know, the altcoins that I invested in, I think there's something there and it's going to take some time. But, uh, you know, I don't think they just folded up their tent and went home just because the, the you know, the coin price tanked so much. I think they're they're building a business and they were overvalued to begin with. 
Yeah, it's, it's a it's a reverse it's a reverse business model where you get all the money up front as opposed to putting in the ten years work and then selling at fifty million. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, the the value has dropped, and one of the one of the concerns in the space that I've been sort of uh, hearing and, and speaking to some very big players when I was in Dubai is um, their runways almost vanished. Obviously, you know they've raised say thirty million, and now that's worth one million uh, just due to poor treasury management. You know, a lot of these projects were run by people that may not have had the most experience in business uh, and just thought everything was always going to keep going up uh, and now their runway is significantly shorter and there are now players out there in the VC world and big investor world that are coming in basically buying these guys out going look there's a dollar all your problems are gone now hand it over to us they restructure the team put some good management in and then relaunch them I think that's a really interesting new wave uh, of basically M and A. Have you guys had anyone speaking about doing a similar type of model? I don't believe we've had anybody on the show talking about that particular instance. However, we've had a lot of conversations around security tokens and moving forward, and how you know the utility tokens uh, and the old ICO model is sort of you know that's that's evolving to the security token offering model, where you're going to start seeing hybrids, where you know you have these tokens plus company shares sort of merged into one token, right? And and so that seems really interesting. And I really hope that America gets its act together when it comes to this because we're noticing a lot of great innovation leaving the country and building their business in other parts of the world. And, you know, just saying, well, if America is not going to allow us to, to tap into – you know, you know, uh, you know, uh, consumer investors than or retail investors, then, you know, we have to, you know, focus in other areas. And so I think that that's where this STO model is sort of coming up and there's still uncertainty. And I think a lot of that uncertainty impacted the market this past year. And, you know, we've seen a lot of, a lot of great projects that had, had serious upside that the threat of you know the SEC and stuff hitting them you know was big and and then their their coin tanked one example was was Dragon Chain I was big on Dragon Chain they were going to you know creating their own ICO platform the companies to launch on and then they had this security token problem and then the next thing you know they went from $5 down to 20 cents you know which which was a painful sight if you held on to that in your portfolio but um, so i think the market's evolving we're seeing a lot of new things pop up in the space we're, it's going to continue to evolve because here we are we're we, we just entered the 11th year of crypto assets essentially and the you know in the last 5 years as we've seen most of the growth happen we've seen ethereum pop up and and we've seen all these smart contracts and all this other stuff these evolutions now side chains and all these other things that are sort of populating and you know from the ICO to the STO and you know who knows what the world is going to hold in for us over the next few years but you know, Joel and I, we put out episodes every single week, and the news that we see is governments are embracing blockchain, companies are embracing blockchain, new partnerships to create new blockchain stuff, patents around blockchain, 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 and it's not a fad, it's not going away, and the space is as as exciting of a space as I've ever been involved in. I'm going to echo that exactly. And there's a lot of people that are, you know, very optimistic. In fact, I see a story right now in Cointelegraph. Mike Novogratz is is speaking up again. He says that uh, he expects 
Bitcoin to hit highs of 20,000 or more next year. And he's bullish with a forecast of 8,900 to 9,000 by the end of the year. He says once it takes out 6,800, then uh, it's upward to almost 9,000. I kind of can mirror that as, you know, we are sitting in a very strong range and he's picked the same number as me. I mean, it's to be precise, it's 68.31 for me. We get through there. There's not a great deal in the way as far as resistance goes. Uh, on the flip side, though, if we break down 360.100, there's not a great deal in the way of support there either. Um, we're quite currently literally right smack bang in the middle of that range. So be interesting to see what the rest of the year holds. Uh, we are seeing some nice moves across the market with uh, many in the top 10 well outperforming Bitcoin at the moment, which is quite interesting. Bitcoin holding its ground at the moment. Obviously, there's a lot going on in this space. It continues to evolve. And that's why the ladies and gentlemen that are listening to this show should be listening to the Bad Crypto Podcast as well, because we have the pleasure of, as you guys so aptly put, to be having a front row seat, as does everybody else, listening to what we do and talk about. And more importantly, not so much the crap that we dribble, the good guests that we have. It really keeps you plugged into what's going on in the space. And information in knowledge is power. And uh, never has there been a time more exciting in my life lifetime and uh, you just need to make sure you're plugged into the right things that uh anything else guys that you want to touch on prior to knocking this bad boy on the head we're we're not crap dribblers we're just bad you're you may be the crap dribbler there Mr. I don't know. I've seen you dribble some crap, Mr. Joe Yeah, let's be real. <laughs> uh, we, we, uh, we're, we're glad to be on the show and uh, invite people to come tune in. Uh, you know, this is a big – this this uh, crypto space has so much opportunity, and we've met a lot of other podcasters, and we're like, come on in. The water's fine. You know, you do your show your way. We're going to do it our way. Nobody try to copy anybody else because everybody has a different approach to it. And when the masses come back – uh, I think that we're just all, not only are we going to see an uptick in the prices of cryptos and the, the use cases of it, but we're going to have more people that are going to want to listen to the content that's being put out there. And that's when the media starts talking about it again. And let's face it, it was the media that really drove the hype. I couldn't agree more. We think in abundance here as well, mate. Uh, you know, uh, there is no competition because we all doing the same thing and enjoying it, giving our messages in different ways. And uh, I love hearing you guys. It was a great show. I enjoy having you on mine and I enjoyed being on yours. And we should probably do it more often because we do travel. We do get to speak to a lot of people and we do get to uh, cover a number of different topics. So Joel and Travis from the Bad Crypto Podcast, where can people find out more information from what you guys are doing badcryptopodcast.com we're in all the usual places except youtube because google hates us oh google hates you huh google google yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, we actually had, we were, we would put up just our podcast up on YouTube and we did a couple videos. And one of the videos was early on. Like we started our show in July of 2017. And like in August of 2017, we created a video to show people how to get their $10 worth of Bitcoin on Coinbase. Like you buy, you know, Coinbase, get buy $100 worth of crypto. Boom. You get $10. We get $10. And then in March, six months later, uh, that offended somebody or something, and we had no strikes, nothing. We had no dings on our account, and they blocked our YouTube account. They then they one minute later they sent us an email saying all of our Google properties have been shut down, and then another email saying that our Gmail was shut down. So they literally 
shut us down completely. And that was right about the time when they were banning cryptocurrency ads and uh, that's what was going on. So we don't, we never, we never got an answer. We, we replied back to them and tried to get it reinstated. They said no. And we said, well, screw you. We don't need you Google. And we haven't needed them since. That's pretty full on, isn't it? Yeah. It's pretty crap. It's hard. You build something and then that happens. I just, yeah. It's happening more and more. I mean, that's why we need these decentralized solutions, Mr. Cobb. I am with you on that. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I will say thank you to Joel and Travis of the Bad Crypto Podcast for being on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for sharing your journeys and uh, what you carried back from Vegas. I all wish you all the best of luck getting rid of that. Uh, Travis, I think it was, right? Yeah. I'm good. My voice is back in, in action now. I mean, it was it was pretty horrible on the on the third though. The second, it was awful. It's back now. Well, you're back. We love hearing you guys. I love having you here. It was the first time, but it won't be the last time. I wish you all the best going forward, and uh, have a good day, guys. Cheers. Stay bad. Stay bad. Cheers, listeners. Bye for now. The Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast is hosted by Craig Cobb. All Trader Cobb courses, products, and tools can be found at tradercobb.com because experience matters.